Hey, this is an exciting episode. We got a guest. Yeah. Not too many people want to come on this uh, thing, which is <laughs> and not, and not too many people want. And not too many people want to pay money to come on this thing. No so. shit. Uh, this this person paid a paid a peasant's fortune to. I don't know. I don't know if that's an insult or a comment. I, that felt good when I said it. Um, this is Brian Hanf. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey. Uh, just living really. Uh, kind of dealing with. Uh, I work with my brother, and uh, he's one of my employees, and it's really hard. Because uh, he is the star developer, uh, software developer for the company. Okay. So he kind of comes whenever he wants and <laughs> goes whenever he wants. It's a hot shot. You know, he's tearing up hotel rooms with chainsaws yeah, and stuff. Yeah, pretty, okay. pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so this last couple of weeks, we've been getting ready for a trade show that he's going to be going to and he's going to be presenting some stuff. And like, okay, you need to be at 930 so that we can talk for this a couple hours because we you have to develop the rest of it to get it ready for this trade show. Right, yeah. And so, you know, last week, okay, tomorrow, 930, we're going to have this conversation. Shows up at 11. Chorus. Right. So, you know, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm trying not to talk to him because I'm just, I'll blow up at him. He's my <laughs> brother, you know. Yeah. So, you know. I don't blow up at any employees. I don't but blow up at anything. It's easy you know, to do with a relative. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they helped install the buttons. So yes. next day, I'm like, you got to be in at 930. Comes in at 1130. <laughs> Just fucking with you now. Yeah. <laughs> next day, you know, 1030. But finally, today, he comes in at 9. It blew me away. I didn't even know what to do. I didn't even <laughs> talk to him until 10 because I couldn't even. <laughs> Maybe I something's even, wrong. Yeah. You get thrown you out of the house prepared. or something. You were just like, I was not even prepared. Yeah, he's going to be in at 11 so I can get my meeting notes here. And yeah, uh, yeah cool. Yeah, I was actually doing some <laughs> education. So I was like, you know, like. I had an hours worth of education to do. I wasn't ready for him until ten o'clock. Oh, I've always said you can uh, you can fire your wife, but you can't fire your brother. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves You Know and Brian. This is the Daves I Know and Brian. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. I am excited to be back here. It feels like it's been... Um, God, yes. It feels like it's been a, forever. It's only been like a few days, really. Yeah, yeah it feels like forever for me, too. Yeah, I, I know, right? You don't think you've ever been here, but yeah, it feels like a, like a week for Martin and I. I know. This is uh, this is our friendship playing out right here. Me and me and David, this is uh, where the magic happens, as they say, you know? Yep. And uh, there is fairy dust all over this bar. Yeah. It's uh, it's you know, it's nice when you add another person in the mix. Oh, yeah. It's not the same hand jerking you off all the time. You can right. everybody mix it, it up uh, a little bit. It's like using your left every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, give yourself a stranger. Is it you know, it's possible to get tired. I think sexually with a person, but not tire of them as a person, right? I mean, you and I obviously, there's nothing new under the sun here. Yeah. Or in the black hole. <laughs> I mean, we you know we've we've seen it all. We've done it all. 
Um, but it doesn't mean I think less of you. It just means we want to be open to other experiences. And Brian, that's why you're here. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Welcome, Brian. So, Brian, you you were able to join the podcast because of uh, you because uh, we had the charity auction, the Dark Clouds uh, auction. And a whole bunch of items are auctioned off at the end of the year. And some of them more, um, we'll say, abstract than others. And that included an opportunity to guest host a podcast. And you, I think, won all the podcasts. Is that right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not trying to blow up your charitable an- anonymity here. I'm just. No, I, yeah, I, just just two out of the three. Two out of the three. Well, two out of yeah. three ain't bad. Well, the other one, well, you, but you won the other one last year, right? Or Correct. the year before or yes. whatever. So, yeah. yeah. So, Brian's been on all the all, all the, the soccer podcasts, podcasts that contribute to that silent auction, which hey. I uh, which I also help chair up. So if anybody wants to donate anything for that silent auction, <laughs> hit me up anytime. I'll, I'm willing to take your donation. I'll hold on to it for eight fucking months. I don't care. Um, yeah, but before we talk yeah. any content or anything else, we obviously want to say thank you. That money goes to uh, charity. And, um, yeah, so the Sonic Foundation this year, I believe. Yep. So that was so right. your contribution really good, is yeah. huge, and, and this is the least that anybody can do for you. <laughs> it's literally it's the least. Literally the least <laughs> anyone can do for you is to have you on this podcast. Yeah. So thank you for that contribution. Well, I really enjoy listening to you guys. Thank and you. Uh, despite the profanity, you know, I still listen to it with my uh, daughter. <laughs> yeah, in you the listen car. with your kid in the car. Well, she is 16, so it's not like she's well, the first time she's dude, heard stuff. There's she's not an she's age, heard everything I've said before. Wait. Uh, I don't what know about that, Brian. Wait, I've said some weird wait, wait, shit wait, wait, out let's, here. Let's so. rewind and hear what you have to say. <laughs> no, um, so that's great, but I don't think, like, 18 is old enough to listen to this podcast. I don't think 21 <laughs> is old. Like, no one should really listen yeah. to it. I mean, that's f- fair. No one should listen to this yeah, podcast. It's, it's like right. pop. It's not like there's an age you're like, how old do I have to be where pop is good? Well, you should never really drink it, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, just a little more questionable when my 13-year-old's in the car. Yeah, please, please, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I kind of feel like I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I feel like we're ruining lives out there. You didn't hear the the gumball sex move podcast, did you? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I remember You remember that, that seller? Holy I shit. remember that. I think that may have blocked that one out of my memory. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, probably yeah, for the best. Yeah. He forgets it now, but someday he'll be in therapy about it. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk content. Zeller, what do we got uh, set up for tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's do, give the Patreon pitch again. We're gonna be recording after once Brian Brian turns into a pumpkin at like ten fifteen. So he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna jump out, and Luke Craig's gonna jump in, tag in, and we're gonna record uh, the second or the sorry the third episode of the Watch Party, which is the. Uh, um, we're doing the Damned United tonight, which is awesome. A really great movie. If, movie. if you haven't yep. seen that, uh, load it up on your Amazon Primes. Um, but yeah, that's, if you want to listen to stuff like that, we have a Patreon. Helps pay for uh, fun stuff like the splitters that we have, so we can have multiple people on the on the microphones. Your, your of money is allowing us to do four four way recording. Um, right now, yeah, for sure. So uh, every dollar helps. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Help support that the Daves that you know. So yeah, so let's dig in. Um, we don't really have a game to talk about for the uh, for next week, so we'll we'll spend a little bit of time on Dive this Galaxy in game because you know it's uh, the sky's falling. Obviously, after hashtag the first panic. two games, um, ha- hashtag panic. Um, LA Galaxy. So, uh, what the hell just happened? Um, let's start with you, Brian. What was your uh, best moment of the game, uh, the LA Galaxy Minnesota United match on Saturday night? Greg Goose's, uh, you know. Shot. I, Son I of a bitch, you took mine. <laughs> yeah, I think he's looking at your bit of fucking... Yeah, I oh, my notes. I, um, it's an open book test. I re- yeah, I was really excited to, to just see that. Uh, he had From tried a spot a, kick, yeah. yeah like, like he had tried a couple... Uh, free kick, sorry. Yeah, he had tried a couple earlier, um, and they went high and wide and all that, but it was a little at an angle, and, you know, it was hard, and, you know... Little, not not too low. You know, yeah. The keeper probably should have had a better chance at it, but 
it was a nice on target shot yeah. where something could happen. Yeah, Bingham made one of his classic Bingham uh, yeah. fuck ups where yeah. he just. Uh, he's good totally, for one every game. He's good yeah. for one every game, which was great. Um, yeah. But that was Rocket, and I think, I can't remember who, I was reading it about it earlier today, and I can't remember if it was Schiefer Decker, um, I think it was Schiefer Decker who mentioned that Grey Goose, I mean, and I put in my notes, so that's what we brought him in for, is for these, for these free kicks to, to put the ball on, yeah. on, on the frame. He's, but Schiefer Decker, you're going to get two or three of those a game where they're going to be right on target, you're hoping that the keeper makes a mistake or that they get a deflection, and the rest is going to be Alexi Gomez, like Alexi Gomez light, basically, where they're not going to like right, well, sky into the like into the second deck, but you're going to be not anywhere near target. Yeah. So well, if, we're, if we're relying on Gregouche to score 10 goals, then, then we got the wrong guy. That's oh, not, yeah, for sure. He's, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's a number eight. He's a, he's, a, he's a good number eight. Let's let him play as number eight. And in this case, sure, he hit a knuckle in there. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I think the most he's ever scored in a season is eight goals. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's not like he's a high goal scorer. It's not his job. Man. Well, he's yeah. definitely was. Uh, there's that was so fucking weird. Someone was just lurking over my shoulder. I saw that <laughs> for like a long time, like, like ninety my, uninterrupted. Like literally seconds. reading yeah. my. I get I get weird out like when my wife reads over my fucking shoulder, like right? like on that my internet. Like, fucking drunk. She's I'm like kind of jerk off. Uh, uh, tweet Twitter accounts I follow on my you know like we're <laughs> yeah. Porno or whatever coming. <laughs> Zeller, um, do you have another? Uh, you said that oh, he blew your best uh, moment. I was say Grey Goose mostly because I was at I was at Blackheart on uh, on Saturday night, and when Grey Goose scored, uh, I looked around and I didn't see Wes anywhere, so I literally just texted him. I was like, Wes, Grey Goose scored, and all of a sudden he comes running like about five minutes later, bringing comes the running around up. with the bottle of Grey Goose, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> everybody starts shouting, Grey Goose, Grey Goose. So is that gonna like automatically be the best moment? If he scores I in think any so. game, that's just he, yes. by if default. It's if you're be at the, the black card, he has five dollar Grey Goose shots. I think that's gonna be the best moment. So, um, so yeah, so that was great. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was you know, the uh, the other uh, goal was um, with Rodriguez was just you know good to see him finally score, get off yep. the get off the skid. Yep. Um, but what do you got? What do you have well, for your best So I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. go with the Rodriguez. Yeah, goal. go for it. Um, you know, uh, Grey Goose is prettier. I, I like Rodriguez for a couple of reasons. First of all. Um, I like Dunlady getting in the mix late. Uh, that's an encouraging yes. sign. Um, he didn't change the world, but he looked energetic out there, and that was good. Um, even though this wasn't like a world beater well, type of goal. I'm going to argue did change a little bit, but I'll argue that later in a little bit. <laughs> we'll get so. to that. Um, so, uh, obviously, this is a little bit of a cleanup goal for uh, Rodriguez, but we've also seen him have a problem finishing. Like, even the ones he should finish, he's had yeah. a problem finishing it. So, it's good to see him finish the one that he should yeah. finish. That, you, you can only take the shots that, that you have. And, and that and LA Galaxy so defender the, flailing to, like, as he's, like... As Rodriguez is literally winding up to take that shot, he's just like flailing at the ball. Was pretty. His thought is probably yeah. it's, it's Rodriguez. Maybe <laughs> I don't have to try. Um, but as uh, so, it was good to see that. Um, the last thing I'll say is that um, I like that it was. It's too bad that we gave up that other goal, the third goal. But it's us trying to claw back into a game. It would have been very easy to give up heart, and we saw that a lot last year. Um, the scoreline is flattering to Minnesota. Yep. We didn't play as well as a three to two. That makes it feel close. It wasn't. Um, but you can again. Game states or whatever, you got to score those goals at the end, and they seem to want to mount the comeback. Even after they gave up another late goal, they seem to want it, and that's encouraging. Well, that first half was just overall just terrible. I mean, it was I, feces, yeah. I mean, I think they we ended something around sixty-two percent possession for the Galaxy. I mean, that first half had to be close to eighty percent for the Galaxy. I mean, it was just terrible. And we the second half is only because of game states. Yeah. LA yeah. decides to take the foot off the gas exactly. as they can. That's why we're getting that. They could have put up another 70 in the second half if they wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. So. I don't know. I don't know honestly about that. I mean, we definitely, like, when we brought on uh, Darwin and, uh, sorry, not Darwin, uh, Dunlady and Finley, 
that changed the game a little bit, and you're, and you're right, game states. But let's talk about, um, I mean, one of my, my worst moments of the game, we can sort of jump in there, um, was that, that second goal of the game, the Pontius goal. Um, I mean, when we looked at the, I don't know if anybody, if you read uh, Matt Doyle's armchair analysis or whatever, he saw that was like the pass of the game. It was like 25 passes by, by LA Galaxy, uncontested for almost literally all of them. Um, I think Ozzy dives in for one, um, which leaves basically just left Minnesota wide open, um, but also like ridiculously compact. So I, don't know if you get, I went back and rewatched the goal, and on the on the goal, um, Boateng, I don't know where the fuck Cal- Cowboys playing, like, basically as a center back at that point. Boateng puts a pass in, literally to no and like there's nobody there. It's basically exactly where Cowboys should be for the game. Schuler's trying to catch up to him because. For some reason, Schuler was playing all the way, all the way back. Um, it was gave up a great cross uh, that Pontius, you know, just obviously put in because there's nobody there. So, well, so just, uh, basically, just uncontested crosses and, un- and just uncontested, um, like basically, LA Galaxy just bossed the midfield, especially for m- well, that, all that first half. That 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 uh, that series of passes did exactly what you know a series of passes is intended to do. It broke up the defense. Mm-hmm. It made them you know wander all over the place chasing the balls and. You know, unfortunately, um, you know it was Calvo again that was so far out of position. Both of those, both of those run of play goals were on the left hand side and totally on Calvo. Yeah, Calvo. Yeah, Calvo actually gave up the uh, possession for that ball. But I, it's one of my notes that I yeah. before as I watched <laughs> the game just before I got here. Well, that's the thing about Calvo is um, we know that in this in the moment, the decisive moment, the like critical moment, he's not that great of a defender. He, uh, he's going to be exposed less because he's going to be in less crucial positions as a fullback. Um, and obviously we're going to make more use of him going forward, but he's still, when in the times when his defending is crucial, it will be as good or poor as it ever has been, uh, unfortunately. Uh, let, let me, let me yeah. uh, before, because uh, I don't want to lose the thread of this. I saw other folks make a lot of that 25-pass sequence, and I, th- I feel like I was the only person who didn't mind it quite as much from a Minnesota standpoint. I would have liked to see them put a little bit more pressure, close it down a little bit more, but what they were doing is they were closing lanes. If you watch that sequence, 80% of those passes are lateral or backwards. They're they're picking it. It's, it's like the opening salvos of a checkers game where nobody wants to draw first blood, and you're, you know, and so and, and then occasionally they'd hit a long ball, you know. Yeah. Um, eventually well, they figured it out, but most of those passes were fairly conservative yeah. and that's not because we were pressuring them but yeah. we were clogging passing lanes sure that can be okay but th- if you we're keep, you keep your defensive well, like shape yeah, yes exactly, and, like and they, we got pulled out of shape you're that's, right yep. that's exactly what i but let's yeah. let's and, not and because start the, sucking la's dick well, quite yet well i was gonna say and also because i mean the the, the the passes that basically broke everything up weren't long balls they were they were balls on the ground too it wasn't like they you know switched the field and we were completely out like completely mismanaged it was literally it was like a it was two little Towards the very, I think it's like the twenty-first and like the twenty-fourth pass. Where basically we were like just quick little darts in because we had pulled Calvo had been pulled out of, out of position. Midnair was in, was in a good position, um, but Calvo was completely out of position. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. go back and rewatch that sequence of passes, watch yep. towards the very end, and Calvo just drifts and drifts and drifts and drifts right yeah. to the base. He was basically playing right center back mm-hmm. based on sort of where everybody else was, and right. there's nobody on the left hand side. Um, that in combined with um, you know the, the third goal, the, the Jet goal. Um, where Cobble is just completely out of position, giving up uh, a just uncontested cross. Um, the team can't afford to do this. That looked, those two possessions looked like you know Minnesota of the defense of last year, which again we've only really seen that twice now. Like of the f- uh, five goals they've given up, only two have been you know w- within the run of play. Yeah. Everything else has been off of set pieces or just not great either. But um, or penalties. 
Um, but those two possessions or those two goals really, you know, gave us the gave me the, like the, the heebie-jeebies about you know what happened last year. Yeah, I don't, yeah. but it, I don't think it's like a hey, got to go back to the drawing board. It's like hey, got to go back and you know spend some time at the yeah. tape and make sure that we're keeping our formation, keeping our position. You know, the entire game, not losing our focus, which should, yeah. it's Cowboys, so of course he's going to lose his focus. I felt similarly. Did you have a different worst moment of the game? Yeah. Really, the only thing that was probably worse for me than, than that last set was probably the fact that I was watching the game at home and I could <laughs> actually hear Kendra <laughs> uh, listening to. Uh, she's not as bad as she was the first two years, but oh man. You don't like Kendra, huh? Me, oh, it makes me cringe. Really? She repe- well, repeats. Almost everything she says is a repeat of what someone else had just said. Huh. I guess yeah, I never me noticed that. Yeah, I don't. I guess I'm at. The mo- I'm 99% of the time at the bar or whatever, so I guess I'm, yeah, I don't hear the. Audio, I don't hear yeah. the audio. So. I uh, I don't want to tell you you're right or wrong, but next time I next time I watch, I'm gonna listen for that. That's fair. That's a we, we have sometimes we have weird worst moments of the game, so that's totally cool. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um. What, um was the, what was the most what the fuck? Yeah. What, what was the most? Yeah. Uh, Brian, do you have a most what the fuck moment of the game? You know, I was thinking about that on the ride over here, and, you know, I really didn't. Um, you know, other than uh, Calvo being opposition, which we've come to kind of get used to. It's not really to. what the fuck when, you're, it's well, when it happens yeah. on and a I, regular I wanna, basis. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we have lauded the last couple of weeks the positional fluidity, that we can do cool things with the positional fluidity that they grant this team. Um, we can create overload situations, do all this kind of cool stuff. Unfortunately... There's going to be a downside to that. People are going to yeah. get caught out. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and this that was a bad case there. Probably the other thing that I noticed in this game that, that kind of surprised me is watching Miguel's position. And I'd have to look at a heat map, but he seemed to be playing at least 10 to 15 yards deeper than he had the last two games. And that was one thing that kind of stood out to me, at least in the first half for sure, which, of course, we were playing a lot more defensive then. But he really seemed to be way back. And... I know several games in 17 and 18, um, when he did that, we just had nothing uh, going forward. The whole team didn't. But I noticed at this game that he was you know, a good 10 to 15 yards back. And that was early on, I noticed yeah. that. Maybe in the seventh or eighth minute, I, I'm like, why is Miguel so far back? Yeah, I would say and that's when we were still on the front foot in the seventh. Yeah, I, I would say sure. when, like, when Dunlady and Finley came in, like, um, there was – Everybody was everybody for some reason was dropped really deep. Um, so you know you would we would get the ball out to Cantero and he would still be he would be with his back to the opposing goal and inside of his half line you know his half his halfway line like so he was still you know uh, there was and there was no what there was no like outlets for him with the way Schuler was inverted again um, and yeah you're right I think Ibarra was playing really really deep this year this week and I think part of that is because I think. This team was sort of game planning for at least maybe from the beginning was for uh, Zlatan to be the sort of you know the holding striker or whatever. Um, and when he was out, I just I don't think this team I think this team and and Watson um, just assumed that they would just plug somebody else in in that role. But LA actually kind of changed the way that their formation was, and they worked out of the midfield. They overloaded the midfield against that Minnesota was, that against um, Grey Goose and. Uh, and uh, Alonzi, Alonzo, um, and I don't think Minnesota. Clearly, they were not prepared for that in the first half, and the first half was evidence of that. Um, it's tough though because we knew roughly. If we didn't know the players, we knew roughly what LA's shape was going to be there. We knew that they, you know, they their midfield was going to outsize the two man. But midfield. the shape was slightly and different with 
with they Zlatan played something not like there. A, they yeah. played something like a four-two-three-one. Yeah. For the the week before, and this was a straight up four-three-three. Yeah. And the only difference there is really how high the advanced playmaker is. And in this case, they they had three dudes in the midfield. They overloaded what we had in the midfield, and that's you know Ibarra has to drop back to support. Schuler has to drop centrally to support because the, these guys are getting crushed. Uh, I think that's probably the cause, but I'll also say it doesn't play to Miguel's strengths, and um, we didn't get enough uh, support out of the fullback, en- enough effective support out of the fullbacks to be able to dish a ball and, and do well on the counter. So well, yeah, Miguel it does so well at being able to drop back that having him play deep to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, sure, but, but I, you know, I, the I think that was the situation they needed to cover. Yeah, in the yeah. I think uh, you know you, you kind of hit the nail on the head though. I I noticed that. Um, Alonzo, for one, um, was always surrounded whenever he'd get the ball. He always had at least two, if not three, guys on him within, you know, half a second. He was, you know, just boxed in, and he didn't really have a whole lot of outlets. But I still, I still think he probably ended up passing in the ninety percent range. But yeah, he's good. He's, uh, <laughs> I like Alonzo. He is uh, an incredible player. I, I really enjoyed that. You know. We want to go back to the the first half a little bit and talk about that PK. That's that was my most my most what the fuck moment of the game. You're uh, you are a referee, correct? Um, amongst other things, Brian is a, is a man of uh, many soccer uh, related hats. Um, I thought, I mean, when I was watching the, game at the bar, of course, I was like, this is there's no way in hell this is a penalty. Um, watching on the replay, it's like this is no way in hell this is a penalty, especially with VAR. That one, yeah. you know, if you, especially if you have VAR, you don't, call, you shouldn't be calling that penalty. What are your, what are your thoughts as a, you as know, a referee? I, I did the same thing. I said, I there's no way that I could see this as a, as a penalty either. I actually reached out to the Minnesota State uh, referee trainer, um, and uh, asked him on Twitter, you know, why why would have you called this or why wouldn't have you called this? And uh, he gave me a nice little answer. Um, I could look it up on Twitter, I suppose, if I <laughs> wanted to right now. But basically it was, um, he put it as, he w- blocked him in a way that was illegal. So that would be why you'd give the PK. Okay. Or you could see that as he shielded the ball properly and you don't give it. That's okay. A totally. So it's literally a judgment a, call. A judgment call. Now, when I rewatched the game just before I came... I watched it again, and one thing I noticed is Ozzy actually gave a shove in the back, and that's what the PK, I'm guessing, was for, because he never even went and looked at the video. Yeah. I'm guessing what he said is, I to the VAR that the center said, I think it was a shove in the back, and they couldn't overrule a shove in the back given the evidence that they had. Okay. Is there a situation, too, and, and I, I don't overruled. remember all the VAR rules, but um, is there a situation where if you call it, then you have the opportunity to go to VAR, and if you find out you're wrong, you can reverse it. But if you don't call it, you don't have that recourse. No, that's can you still push it over to VAR? Because Ibarra, uh, that happened. That happened last weekend when Ibarra, uh, when the handball, they didn't call the handball. Ball it's came all the way back down. There was a corner for San somebody Jose. Somebody was up in the booth. And someone yelling. was up in the booth, like, "No, you should go okay, back and look okay. at this." Once the ball goes out of play, yeah. then they can review it. Yeah, yeah but I think everybody, yeah. everybody, I mean, everybody at uh, at Blackheart was just. I kind of figure out why he wouldn't go look at it because it, it would seem like that's such a such a very ticky tacky. But I guess if you're you know if if he does ask and, and he does say the push in the back, I guess that you know that makes yeah, a little yeah, more yeah. sense. So yeah. but I still, didn't, it's I didn't spot that until yeah. tonight. Okay, and it's like I'm looking for any other reason why he wouldn't go look at the the thing, and that's yeah. what I saw. Is I saw it, uh, his elbow actually went in the back of the 
Of the player that he fouled. Okay. So. so basically, Ozzy was just like one step behind the guy. If he was one step ahead of him, he'd probably. Yeah. It's nothing. Again, I. Okay. Yeah. I, cool. I'm guessing from the angle that, that where the ref was standing that that's what he w- he saw. Okay. Again, that's a total guess, but <laughs> that's yeah. Fair. I, otherwise, I would I would have never given that. Yeah. Well, so overall, what was your what your, again your referee? You know, seasoned yeah. referee we've ever had on the show. Um, what what was your referee grade? What's the official scorecard for the referee? I get a little. I watch it and I look to improve myself and see what they call and what they don't call. And I'm typically dealing with, I like doing the, you know, a lot of referees call them the littles, uh, the U9, U10 sure. players. So I'm helping them do throw-ins, you know, if they so they, if they do a foul throw. So uh, watching this ref, you know, let some stuff go, I guess I would maybe give them a, Again, depending on what his reasoning was for that that PK, I would give him a, a B, maybe a B minus. If if it was a shove in the back that he called, if he's thinking that it was an actual trip, sure. Then I would I would definitely give him a, a D. Okay. <laughs> um, because I think that call right there was a, a game critical call. If he was thinking right. it was a trip, he should have went and at least looked at the the video. But I said I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he saw a push in the back. He hasn't been on this podcast long. You won't be given too many benefits of the doubt if you come back here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's transition. to We we give an award each week for the next Freddie Adu for the star of the game. Zeller, who do you have for the star of the game? Oh, shit. I know you're going to go to me. Um, So I... uh, I just wanted to piss you off. Yeah, I was was trying to... Some actually, you know, people are actually asking us questions, so let's get into the the outline. Um, I don't know. I kind of... I don't... You know, you, Grey Goose, obviously, I think with that goal would be just an obvious example. I'm going to say, uh, but let me give you a sort of a sort of off the um, uh, sort of off the wall one. I'm going to say Dunlady and Finlay, um, specifically Dunlady, um, who I alluded to it earlier, but they came on and I'm not sure um, uh, what they were told to do or how the the team changed. But when they came on, they absolutely changed the match for Minnesota. And granted, you know, you always we talk about game states. Oh, they were up to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't pressing as hard. Um, uh, so that's obviously a part of it. Um, but the it mostly because Dunlady played really well. I think in the the twenty minutes or so that he had, he was on the pitch, which is great to see because that guy we saw him in uh, two thousand and seventeen. Um, some of the goals that he scored, a good year. Where he was a hell of a he's a hell of a striker if he can stay healthy, and yeah. and this is a very pivotal year for him <clears throat> in order to see if he can stay healthy. Yeah, honestly. Um, but you were able to see it and. I say Dunlady and Finley mostly because I say this team, you, we can change up how we how we attack, which we weren't really able to do last year or the year before. It was more or less like for likes um, and because we didn't have the, the depth of, of players and we didn't have the good depth. We had depth, you know, the, the superficial depth. We didn't have mm-hmm. good depth. Um, but Dunlady comes in and he offers something completely different than Miguel Ibarra on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Finley comes in, offers something completely different, th- or, you know, completely different, I think, than what Schuler was trying to do and maybe that's there's reasons for that that we can't quite figure out why the shooter's playing that sort of inverted winger that he is. Um, but the fact that Minnesota recognized, hey, what we were trying to do is not working, and they didn't just yeah. keep trying to bang and do the same thing again. They brought in Rodriguez, so they brought in that hope striker. Romario moved out to the wing. Um, they were able to do some other different stuff. Um, is that's a that's a uh, that's a good sign. It's encouraging. Do you feel team. like we should have pulled the trigger sooner on? Uh, you know, the, funnily enough, like because I looked at that. 
and Adrian Heath is notoriously, you know, terrible at using his uh, using his replacements. Right, well, he um, wasn't out there. He wasn't out there. Um, and we in, uh, I believe Watson brought those guys in earlier than Adrian Heath would have. Now it would have been yeah. would, would it have been good to see uh, uh, Satan Lottie come in or Finley come in and say at halftime for Schuler? Probably that would have made probably a hell of a difference. Um, but I don't know. But it was just it was good to see that we have that the team was. The, you know, whoever's running this team is able to recognize, hey, this isn't working. Let's try this. This might work. This mm-hmm. might be to counteract the, the, what they're trying to do to us. We can do this instead. Right. And that was a reassuring. Uh, something that I don't think we ever said that about Adrian Heath last week was <laughs> or last year was, hey, he changed. Not off. He changed his uh, his tactics in the middle of the game to positively affect the game. Besides, after half, once yeah. or twice at halftime. Once or twice at halftime. But yeah, it's, it's infrequent and it's too little, too yeah. late, too <laughs> often. Um, who's your who's your uh, next Freddie Adu for the star of the game? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Abu as well. I am not a huge fan of him, and he okay. really impressed me. My notes uh, from watching the game the last ten minutes is every line is Abu does this, Abu does that. He has a strong shot. He has a header. He shoots again. He creates a corner. Uh, he gets a you know a, a yellow check and back. Uh, he shoots again. You know, I mean just. All of the notes that I have the last 10 minutes are him, Very him doing stuff and, you know, all positive, all, all moving uh, the, uh, the game forward. And uh, I have to say, it's probably the best performance I've actually seen of him uh, in terms of an actual – he's fast and he can shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are his skills. Yep. And t- today or uh, Saturday, he brought – a little more cunning to it, a little more. The foul that he did that got him the yellow was a tactical foul. I forgot he got a yellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, awesome. I think the yellow is a little harsh. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a tactical foul. I mean, he went, you know, with this guy and he took him out. Right. It was on a breakaway. Yep. Um, and that, you know, his first two years for sure, when he would go in for a tackle like that, he would go in studs up and <laughs> actually like take them out yeah. you know and get a red do a, do a rookie thing yeah, yeah do a rookie thing um this was you know good and it was the kind of thing i would have hoped to have seen from him you know his rookie season actually but sure and, and a couple of the touches he made a couple of little turns he made but i think he's still a little impatient um i think if he were to wait a heartbeat uh, on some of his uh shots especially that he would get more of them on target and he would have, you know, maybe not necessarily take the shot, but see the open man that he sure. could lay it off to. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, my, my own shot, 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 mm-hmm. header, you know, wins a corner. Right. I mean, those, those are, you know, boom, boom, boom. Those are all him doing something himself. Yeah. It's like, you're, it's, it's good to see sport. the confidence. Yeah. It's good yeah, to see yeah. the confidence, but it's a team sport. So I'd like to see him, you know, get the other players involved, but, um, it looked like a great prog- progression for him as far as his learning. Um, and I'm, I had maybe famously on Reddit, I had said he would never score eight goals total uh, after his eight goal uh, rookie season that the rest of his MLS career, he wouldn't score eight goals. I might be regretting that now. And, uh, he well, hasn't scored yet, you've but. Uh, you look good so far on the yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, I, I think um, that to me make, gets him the, the okay. Freddie Adu award for 
well well analyzed. Is there? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do you have anybody? <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to um, Rodriguez a because I don't feel like restating the stuff that you guys already said about Dunlady and and B because um, I, I'm I'm excited for Rodriguez. I mean I think strikers are uh, often and notoriously streaky. They are very reliant on their own confidence, and I think that him putting the ball in the back of the net can give him confidence to go out and have another strong performance, hopefully. Yeah. It just takes that one moment. Even a, even a goof moment can be all it takes. And I want to remind you, he's at a pace, basically. He's got a goal in about 45 minutes of action. So it's easy to hate on him, and he's had a couple of shots that I regret that he did not put in the back of the net, given the shot. But ultimately, he's sitting on a goal for about 45 minutes of work. So... Worth sure. remembering. <clears throat> he did score like four goals at year, last year too, like in, in limited playing time as well. So we, like, we got to keep him healthy, and we got to get the dude confident. And yep. if if he can do those two things, and then he still sucks, okay, well then we know, and then he sucks. So let's get him out. Who's a, we, we have another award, the next Freddie Adu Award for the shittiest player of the game. Either of you can chime <laughs> in. Who is the shittiest player of this game? I, I, I I'm a I'm gonna say Schuler, just because he was such a non participant in the game i mean he was just there wasn't anything going on with him he's yeah. usually not criminally poor like you see him do it like what the fuck was that yeah. but it's more like a he's invisible yeah that's that's his worst games is that yeah. he just disappears i wrote down the i wrote down the Schuler as inverted winger experiment basically like i don't think that's again and and even in the, the last couple of games or the sorry that was a game he was he was a little more involved in a little more uh, game, but definitely in the first game against Vancouver, this game for sure, he was absolutely – I don't understand, again, we uh, harken back to, our, I think, our podcast last week where, where I said, <clears throat> unless they're, they're, they're having Schuler play this position because they expect Finlay, when he's 100% fit, to be in this role, or they expect uh, uh, Miguel Ibarra to shift over to that sort of role when Molino is 100% fit so that Molino will slide into the right, Miguel, uh, Miguel Ibarra will play that sort of inverted winger on the left-hand side. There's, I don't understand exactly why they're doing this. Um, again, this team has not come out and said why they're doing this, other than, yeah, they've literally given us no reason. So yeah. that was sort of the, the failure of the game for me, the shittiest player of the game. Do you have anybody else? or I, Other than Calvo? Which I'll give it to Calvo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because uh, Calvo had moments that were egregious. Boxall uh, did not cover himself in glory either, in my opinion. Um, maybe I'll go with Boxall. Both, well, both of the both of the uh, run of play goals were on the left hand side, and were because of Calvo sort of being out of position. So yeah, Boxall, I, I mean, while he didn't, they didn't look great. He didn't look terrible either. And I, yeah, I'm sorry. Ha- I, you don't need to talk me too hard into giving it to Calvo. I'm happy to give the award to Calvo. Um, as for Schuler, I think he was invisible this game. But um, I, I here's my thing. I don't necessarily mind the way they're deploying him. Because we talked about, for instance, the midfield overload. Well, what his job has not been to be a, a genuine winger. It's not been to be a traditional service-providing, sometimes goal-scoring winger. It has been to be a more flexible central midfielder. They've played him much deeper than you would typically play a winger, and he's cut inside to, to support the midfield a lot more. In this game, that's kind of the kind of thing we needed. It didn't come off, and he was a ghost. He needed to make his presence felt. But it's the kind of thing this game needed. So I don't necessarily mind the strategy, but I am at a point where if we want to continue to take this team into that next level, guys like Schuler, there needs to be a guy like Schuler 
who's 10% better than Schuler. There needs to be a guy like Calvo who's 10% better than Calvo. We just need better human souls in those positions if you're going to deploy Schuler in the way that he was deployed. Well, yeah. you know, uh, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Greg Goose, I think, is the, the you know, 10% or actually maybe 35% better, <laughs> better than, than Schuler. Yeah, than Schuler was in, the, in, the, in that role that Schuler had the last two years. Right. So uh, I think, you know, we are making those improvements. Now, of course, we had to do uh, – Greg Goose is a – designated player right yeah and we can't so bring in 10 of those yeah exactly but so um you know what absolutely we can uh, we can upgrade in a lot of positions it's going to take a little time to continue to do that unfortunately um i think schuler is a target for that and i think boxall would be a secondary target you know, those are the two guys if you had to upgrade them i don't mind the way that they're being deployed but they we need better human souls in those positions so yeah sure I, yeah yeah i was just gonna say uh, on boxall you know you kind of his signature move he did in I think about the 40th minute of uh, of the game, where uh, the attacker had his back to him and was getting the ball, and Boxel just ran into him and just pushed him over, <laughs> and gave away a, a free kick about oh 30 32 yards out, and <laughs> you know, it was dangerous. You know, it, it ended up being nothing, but it was just a well for our uh, team. Yeah, it yeah. Been do anything. you yeah, do exactly. you remember the first yeah the first game last year against LA where we were out in LA and Boxel and Sultan went at it. And like just Boxel like beat the hell out of Zlatan, and gave gave up like a bunch of free kicks. But it was like just basically was like went in there was like fuck it I'm not letting you push me around. It was pretty epic. <laughs> I mean clearly you know Zlatan got the better of him in the end because obviously but Zlatan, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm gonna say it. You know what I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it. What's Michael Boxall's yes. performance in the game against LA was the worst tragedy New Zealand saw last week. <laughs> Ooh. Let's let's bring in the guy who's been sitting quietly the entire yeah, time. He's definitely been here uh, the whole I'm time. I'm in ninja mode. Yeah, here. he's yeah. been sitting quietly yeah. while this yeah. entire podcast is definitely wearing, definitely wearing, did not just come in wearing my cloak of invisibility. Who's your shittiest player of the game? I mean, you can say David Martin now with that. Uh, um, oh come on, come on, come on. <laughs> um, me for not watching it. Okay. Oh wow! Thanks cool. for joining the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Been Excellent. All right. Well, let's. let's <laughs> you're gonna be like me and just watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm actually preparing for a jury trial, <laughs> so that's kind of sucked up a lot of my brain power lately. Um, All right, yeah. yeah. So you know, it was game or, or it was game or the movie we're going to be talking just, about later. So just say Cavo, Cavo. Okay, good. terrible. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. All right. Um, so we should move on. Uh, we got some uh, other United news. Um, just gonna, there's got a lot of other United news actually. Uh, Leap and Larry Olam is yeah. back, guys. Leap and Larry. Why do we call him Leap and Larry, and why is he back? He's back because he just signed with Minnesota United. That's not what I fucking meant. What does it mean for him to be back? Not everybody listening to this is a oh, sorry. Thunder uh, fan. <laughs> so Larry Owen played uh, for the Minnesota Thunder in 2009. He actually scored five goals for the Thunder um, way back in the day, back at the last, uh, uh, the last vestiges of the Minnesota Thunder. And I have some... Fun facts. We have we have fun facts about uh, Lauren Tolum here later in the podcast, so I'll save that for that. So. I remember Brucio just being super high on him back back during the heyday of the Dunord podcast. Yep. Yep. Uh, George Bush the first was president when when Lauren uh, Tolum pretty much for yeah. Team <laughs> um, all right. Uh, super low key uh, was not announced. Uh, but actually, I think Darwin was announced today, but Darwin and Boxel are currently working on green cards. Um, Darwin's actually was back in, I think, Mexico, uh, per the Adrian Heath show, um, getting documents in order so that we get, we'll have basically, if both those guys uh, get their green cards, we'll have two international spots that will be available um, either hopefully before the end of this transfer window or 
definitely for the summer transfer window, which nice. is good news. Uh, five loons were called to international duty. Uh, Calvo, Grey Goose, uh, Schuler, Ribara, and Metnir. Um, we're fucked. What's that? We're fucked. Uh, good thing we don't play any games because there's no games <laughs> this weekend. No, they'll be missing out for the, the next game we do play. No, no they, won't. they won't. They'll be back for the 30th. I'm going to delete this fucking podcast. <laughs> Do not ever talk back to me. Um, Grey Goose and Schuler are playing in European qualifiers for Slovakia and Finland, respectively. Uh, Rabara and Calvo are playing uh, just international friendlies. Rabara will be against playing against the USA uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, or today, if you're listening Hey-o. to this podcast, yeah. uh, for Ecuador. <clears throat> and Metnir is actually going to play one game uh, in AFCON. That's the African Cup of Nations qualifiers for Madagascar. Speaking of the U.S. men's national team, uh, the f- the uh, Fulmingo party is going to be happening tomorrow night at Blackheart. Uh, that is the uh, Madison Ford Madison uh, Football Club. <clears throat> They're going to be in town uh, tomorrow night um, at Blackheart because they will be uh, playing against Minnesota United in a closed, uh, closed-door scrimmage on Friday. <clears throat> uh, Wes and I are going to be uh, interviewing some of the Mingos, possibly uh, Neil Lovati and, and Daryl Shore. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna we try and get Connor uh, Turbo Tobin or JC Banks Did, uh, um, on some the you podcast. Got, you guys see that I had to break the bad news to Turbo that the uh, Taco Bell on Larpenter in Lexington is gone. I know I, I saw that. That was his favorite Taco Bell when he was here. You know, there's a, there's I one that's the idea way closer to Blackheart. <laughs> this Taco Bell is good. That Taco Bell is shit. He loved that Taco Bell. Ask him. Yeah, swear to God. There's a there's a much closer Taco Bell that's much uh, shittier in the Midway neighborhood. Oh yeah, the one on Snelling. Yeah. They, did um, you see that they remodeled it? I did. Yeah. It's all like sleek and modern now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they'll be there. They're actually be there watching the game and uh, doing their sort of pregame meal. Uh, men's the uh, men's national team kicks off at 7 p.m. Virtual reality. Or uh, actually, 7.07 p.m. Uh, Allianz Field had their scarf raising. Scarf raising, I say, ironically, on Monday. Raise um, my scarf. Lots of write-ups if you haven't seen uh, pictures on the inside. E. Pluribus Lunum did something. Both the, the fish rat factories did something. Um, so if you want to look at the pictures of all that cool stuff. Dan Grabber was here. Uh, he was in town. Uh, giving out Garber Bucks, Grabber Bucks. Oh, Dan Grabber. Dan oh, Grabber. I, I don't know who the fuck you were talking about. I got <laughs> Dan Grabber. I was confused too. Is this like Don <laughs> Garber's <laughs> evil brother? <laughs> Dan Grabber was Mario. Mario. Good brother. He's got like an upside guys, down mustache. Fucking ruined yeah. my joke. Um, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of local elected officials. I think you did that on your own. Yeah, no. <laughs> so a- anyway, I think I think our very own Dave Martin had the best had the best commentary on the uh, stadium reveal, which is. Why didn't they name the Brew Hall Champagne Supernova? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah, that would have if you're going to just name it Brew Hall. Yeah. Right. Fucking oh, team of people sat around yeah, the table. And like, like, what should we call it? What yeah. are the bars? Brew Sell Hall. Champagne. Sh- sell Champagne, yeah. yeah that's and that's like also not called Champagne Supernova. Yeah, that one they should have called that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, if you guys want to check out the Brew Hall team store, that stuff is open on Friday. Uh, the team said there's going to be regular hours, but you cannot find them anywhere ever because it's this team, and they don't you know, actually announce anything until, like, Five minutes before it's happening, so there's that. This Yuking team. Yeah, and then one other note, uh, part of the thing that was announced is Surly Summit and Lupulin um, are part of the Black uh-huh. and Brew collection in the tap room. Um, oh. Excuse me, Brew Hall. Uh, excuse me, Champagne Supernova. Yes. Um, Lupulin is a, is a surprising one. I really like Lupulin's beers, but yeah. I don't think they had the cash to, uh, to cash to splash to be one of the uh, uh, sort of Black and Brew beer tap rooms, you know. People, so. Black and Brew is a pretty fucking good name for that. Also, that's not that's not a bad one, yeah. Right, okay. but what, what they what, honestly, we got to get in on some kind of consulting scam here. 
Yeah, scam. like all like, consulting is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> all consulting is a scam, but like we would do a better job of it for sure. Yeah. Speaking of right. consulting as a scam, I get to go to the political <laughs> uh, <laughs> consulting convention in a couple weeks Ooh. in Napa, California. Of, those are the Speaking greatest of scam, scammers of all time. Um, all right, well, bring bring uh, bring the twelver box of condoms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know all what right. goes on at those conventions. Anybody anybody else have any other United News that I may have missed here on the in my mm. United News? Mm. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna Nothing. jump in then to our Better Know Loon. This is a segment we haven't done in a while. Um, but uh, it's better than Olum. We got uh, Lawrence Olm, mostly because you know some of people may not remember Lawrence Olm from uh, his time with Minnesota Thunder. Um, some of these facts are uh, are you know better than others. So some of them I think are more true than others. Some of them might be more true than <laughs> others. <laughs> so let's go through it. Uh, so Leap and Larry, he's played with Portland and Minnesota in the second division, and now in Minnesota, he's or sorry in MLS, he's played with Portland and Minnesota. He's also coached by Adrian Heath in Austin and Orlando. Um, okay, so that's one fact. So that'd be um, the third division. Yeah. Well, now third division. Your second division. Now second. Would have yes. been third then. Yes. Uh, Olin was traded from Sporting Kansas City to Portland uh, for $50,000 in allocation money and a first-round pick. That first-round pick was a guy named either Graham Smith or Graham Johnson. Not sure which one it was. <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Larry Olam has four Kenyan national team call-ups. Uh, the Kenyan national team's nickname is Harambe, uh, which literally means all pulled together in Swahili, okay. not to be confused with Harambe, oh, who was a gorilla so killed so in the oh. Cincinnati Zoo. Can you imagine if a national team call- decided to start calling their team the Harambes? <laughs> Dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> and now it's the Harambes versus the Steel Beams. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Larry Olam played uh, with the Minnesota Thunder in 2009. 2009 was the literally last year of the Thunder because in 2010 they became the NSC Minnesota Stars. This is definitely not Olam's fault. No siree. Definitely not his fault. Never thought about the connection there. Yeah. yeah. Is Lawrence Olam trying to kill Minnesota soccer? Yes, that's possible. Wait, and then uh, hold I'm on. just asking questions. Yeah, I'm just we're just we're, just, we're asking the questions, guys. You guys got to give us the answers. Yeah. Not uh, us to, up to how us. How would you feel if I told you that Larry Olam was here to destroy Minnesota soccer? Wow. That would actually make if a lot more sense. He's been on a 10-year plan. He's like a sleeper cell. Yeah. It's All right. And then been, let me yeah. uh, let me let me let me drop this uh, knowledge bomb on you guys. Jesus Christ. Uh, you guys remember Andre Andre Gatsmaninoff? Gasmanov? Yeah. Vaguely, yeah. Uh, so sure. he was Olam's bestie on the Thunder. Um, oh. They only played one game together, but a lifelong bond was formed. Didn't Gatsmaninoff play like one game every five years yes. for the team? Like, uh, wasn't that his vibe? Also, like, I just wanted to point out that I am like frozen in carbonite. They just break him out every half yeah. decade or so. And then finally, the last fact is that I am older than both Olam and Gatsmaninoff. You're you younger serious? than both of them. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I got bad news. That's going to keep happening for you. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, so that was the youngest one here. That was you were yes by by a lot. Luke, how old are you? I am. I got to. You do don't math. ask 46? a lady his age. You have to do the math. You <laughs> yeah, fucking I count your math. age on your fingers. Right. Hey, I'm not the oldest one then. I might be the most immature one. Oh yeah, that's very yeah. very true. So. All right, uh, so we got a new segment also, uh, the Ford Mad Town Bro Down. As I like to call yeah. it. <laughs> this is new to me. I did not review this agenda. <laughs> Let's find out uh, what so the fuck this, this is, is just, about. This is we're going to talk about uh, the, the loons on loan to uh, Madison. Lo- what did um, you just call it? Loons on loan? Yeah, loons on loan or the Ford Madtown LOL. Throwdown. <laughs> the LOL. Laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we know what it means. Lots of uh, love. Ford Madison, uh, the Mingos played a match last weekend. Uh, Toy and Olmsberg both scored two goals. Olmsberg scored two goals. 
Um, hey. Must have been against some serious opposition. Yeah, there was, yeah. It, was, it, was a, uh, it was a preseason match against a local college. So, local yeah, college. clearly. Good. Fucking Vogue Tech. Um, yeah. so that's, that's the kind of team that Grind those kids only would have won 3-1. to one. Exactly, exactly. But they, uh, Mingo's beat them 7-1 to one or something was, like that. Was the uh, local college, to, were, were the students trying to set themselves free? <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Uh, it was uh, University it? of Phoenix. Uh, oh, okay. nice. But the uh, nice. the Parkside, Wisconsin campus. National <laughs> when it comes to their policy University. on Saturdays, is it, quote, all right? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, finally, uh, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the, the Flamingos are going to be in town for a closed-door scrimmage on Friday with Minnesota United. Um, Turbo and JC and other Flamingos are going to be at the Black Card, including, I hope, Jiro. If you uh, if you guys want to go hang out yeah, with Jiro, hold on, um, yeah. suck Jiro's cock. Uh, at Blackheart uh, tomorrow uh, or tonight, actually, when Martin gets this put up. Um, so yeah, there we go. So that's the uh, what? I said I'd suck Jiro's cock at the gay bar, and I said he went in Rome. <laughs> you, you do as the Romans do. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, suck each other's cocks. All right. So uh, so this now is the point where since we d- we would normally talk about the next game that's coming up, but we no don't got game. we don't got shit else for no. games right now. Hey, you so, know there was a piece of United news we didn't mention. Oh yeah, really sure. Quickly throw it out. Uh, Christian Ramirez got another U.S. Men's National. That's team right. Called no longer loons news, but God damn it, until he's in the grave, we're going to keep announcing that's it. Right. So uh, yeah. good for him. Hope he gets another. All right. So. Um, this is the point of the question or the point of the podcast where we ask Brian Ham questions. So uh, if you guys, I have a few questions prepared, but if you guys have any follow ups or, or deep dives to help help deep dig in. Um, so Brian, so obviously you're a Minnesota soccer supporter. How long have you been supporting uh, professional soccer in Minnesota? Fo- or following a minute the you know the star, Stars Thunder. So Loons. yeah, so after they won the uh, the cup. Okay. Um, they uh, the stars went to my kids' school and did a, a reading program with the kids, and it was you know, if you read so many books you had to play with the pros in the spring. Okay. So. So 2012 then. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so it would have been yeah. Well, it was after. So it would have been 11. It would. We won the cup 11. in 11. Yeah. Yep, so it oh wait. Okay. 11. Right. Right after. Right after. Right after. So they brought the cup to the school and you know all that stuff, and the kids were all did excited. Did the kids so get drinks early out of the cup? <laughs> no, they did not drink early. <laughs> well, out what of the, the cup. hell? Yeah, <laughs> they did get to you know come up and see it and touch it or whatever. But um, I don't know. Knowing knowing now what I know what happened about the cup. Hey, kids, you want to touch the trophy? <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my van. Come, come t- you want to touch a real trophy? But they did that uh, that that reading program. My my uh, my youngest was in kindergarten. And uh, you got to play, I don't know which pros they got to play with, but they played in the spring. They read so many books that they could do that. They played soccer with them in the spring. And we thought, you know, that was so neat that they did that. So we went out and supported them and went to a, a couple of games, had a blast tailgating. It was cheap. It was, you know, just a few bucks for us to do that. You know, no Those parking. were the days. Oh, God, yeah. No free parking. Yeah. So the next year, um, so 12, we went to one or two games and, um, in 13, we're like, you know what? That was really fun. Let's let's make this a regular thing. So season tickets for you know all four of us was uh, I think 180 dollars total. Total. <laughs> yep. Because it was like that uh, was worth a day. Yeah, it was like 80 dollars for the adults and like 20 bucks for the kids. You know. So um, and then they gave away tickets like they were you know <laughs> whatever. So my mother-in-law ended up coming to like half the games too for free. So, you know, the five of us went for 100 and, 
you know, 80 bucks or something and um, been hooked ever since. And, you know, I think each game now, I think I'm spending about, you know, $290 a game. <laughs> like, like so. Cool. Um, do you have any other uh, uh, soccer teams that you support regularly? Tottenham. Okay, you're a Spurs fan. I thought that's what yeah. I thought. So. Yeah, I uh, when I first started getting into it, uh, Dempsey was you know the U.S. national team. Okay. Dempsey was on their team. Um, I was listening to Denord and you know West was always talking them up. Um, so I started watching them, and you know one year we picked two teams to support, and Tottenham and um, oh, what's the uh, Bluebirds are their nickname, but they uh, just came up again this Cardiff? year. Cardiff. Cardiff, Cardiff yeah. City, yeah. Yeah, Cardiff City were the, was the other one. So Cardiff, I think, won like two games all season. <laughs> and So Tottenham stayed up, so I, I've been a supporter of them. And uh, it's been fun watching them over the years. Cool. Just as heartbreaking as the Loons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Tottenham, yeah, if you're a Minnesota sports fan, that's a, that's a pretty comparable team to pick if yeah, you want to feel, uh, yeah, like extreme highs and immense lows regularly. Um, uh so I, my question is: So what's the deal with youth soccer in Minnesota? Yeah, what's what's, what's up with the, kids the deal? These? So, <laughs> if you guys don't know, Brian is uh, heavily involved with a, a local uh, youth soccer organization. Yeah. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about youth? I'm, I got to figure out what's going on because you know my so, kid's gonna be in, the, in that shit in the muck soon. So. Uh, you got a little bit of time. You got a little bit of time. Uh, uh, you, so you're yeah, I'm on the board of directors. Uh, two years old, Maple man. Brook. That shit's gonna be running. He's gonna be running around <laughs> kicking shit. <laughs> um, I'm a coach, uh, referee. You already mentioned. So I, I referee I, of the games. You coach? No. Fucking cheater. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, when I got into soccer, I have an obsessive. You, you just dumped. You just yeah, went in head, yeah. like head first. Personality. Huh? So. Head first, lots of education, lots of stuff that I've learned. So, uh, youth soccer. There's lots of things about youth soccer. So, anything in particular you want to know about youth uh, soccer? I, I just, I'm curious as to like the, there's a, obviously with almost anything with like youth sports, there's like politics and stuff like that. And especially, I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit about sort of what happened when uh, Minnesota United started their youth academy and like the, so, yeah. just very briefly, I guess sure, people, yeah, are, you know, yeah. people are interested in this shit or not. It's very political. You got the fucking coach on the sideline yelling at the kids on the field, build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good joke. Yeah. Fucking Luke is walking out right now. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Minnesota United didn't do a, a terrible job when they when they did it because they, they did start with just the one age group and a fairly young age group at that. Um, so when they took players from these other, other clubs, well, and that's kind of a misnomer because – you don't take players from clubs in the United States. Parents pay to put their kids in a club. Yeah. So when they choose to go to another club, it's not that big of a tragedy. There's paying to all play. The, yeah. yeah. They happen to do that all the time. I mean, our club has 850 kids in it, and I would guess that 200 of them are new to the club this year. And we have 850 every year, and there's 200 new kids to the club every year that's not counting the, like the guys that are u9 that are just starting sure you know so it's it's a constant churn of people moving from from place to place but because they chose the younger age groups they're not taking a lot of revenue from the bigger clubs that that make a lot of money from the u16 and u17 because some of those coaches make you know a lot of income from the players so by doing that they didn't really upset a lot of the apple cart um, 
So it, from a from a parent perspective, what's the what's the time commitment look like? If you're just someone who wants to have kids, a kid playing at the club level. Well, it depends you, are, on where. Are, are your weekends just up in smoke? I, I, I wouldn't know what a typical parent <laughs> does for, for that. I, I spend about three hours a day doing youth soccer stuff. Okay, okay. Um, so, me, that's that's. Uh, um, so I, my kid goes to practice um, three days a week for about an hour and a half a day. Um, if he does. Last year, we also did some private training two days a week, so he was going five days a week to, to training. Um, the commitment as far as financial for him last year, and he's a lower level. So there, in Minnesota, there's five levels of regular youth soccer. There's C3, which is the lowest, C2, C1, Premier 2, and Premier 1. So um, at younger ages, there's only three. As you get older, there's, there's those five. So my kid is at the lower level. His financial commitment was about 2500 for the year. American? S- American dollars. Um, and again, we did private training too. So that's, true. that's okay. probably throwing about an extra thousand bucks on top of the club stuff. Sure. 800 maybe. Um, but uh, the same club, a C1 player, would pay about $3,500 per year just for club uh, and probably be about the same time commitment four to five days a week on average, <coughs> about an hour and a half a day. And that's your at life. age 13. This is what you got to look forward to, by the way. It's either this or hockey. So ooh, Soccer ooh, seems a hell of a lot cheaper than hockey. Nothing. <laughs> Ice time is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay, so, um, so I mean, I guess the the question. I know you. Um, we've talked a little bit about for other things um, that you guys are working work really hard to try and find financial support for you trying to keep. Uh, if you want to be able to, if you want to play, that you try to be able to get kids to play and, and Correct, finding yeah. financial. So I know Minnesota United does, has the same philosophy, although they do charge all of their players to play in some capacity. Um, they're one of the only only two teams in MLS who actually charges. Uh, players to play. Um, do you think that has, has, has helped keep players away from there? Or is that, I mean, is that even a non-factor basically since the parents have already been used to paying there, there's just going to be a, yeah, I mean, okay with, be, yeah, I, I don't think it's a real factor for them um, in terms of getting talent in this area. Um, because again, they're players at that level are used to playing that um, where it's probably going to hurt them is in the long run. Um, and not necessarily them per, per se as, as the other clubs around them. So they, they've taken these players that are, can afford to pay, for the most part, afford to pay you know, two $3,000 from these other clubs. So from my club, um, Maplebrook, uh, there's two kids that are on, uh, on this squad that are now playing for Minnesota United. Well, that takes you know, $4,000 of income out of our club you know, now whether those players would have moved somewhere else or not, I don't necessarily know. But you know, assuming that they would have stayed, you know, we would have a financially stable team. Right. Because they've left, we now have to fill that with other players, and that's great. But a lot of those players that we find can't afford to play now, which is good that we are finding players that can't afford to play, and we're bringing them in the fold. But our club spent in grants 
three years ago, $16,000 in grants. Last year is about 25,000. This year is $60,000 in grants. Okay. <clears throat> so now I'm not saying that's because of Minnesota United that we're, we're doing this. You know, there's other factors involved that we want to do more. We want to, you know, bring up more, more kids with our club, but yeah, it would be nice if Minnesota United, if they charge for their own, if they're to help some way with some of the financial burdens at some of these clubs. I know um, we're nowhere close to uh, um, Minneapolis United is somewhere in the two hundred thousand range, from what I heard for their for their grant program. Okay. Um, so I mean, you know, if if that's true, I mean that's a that's a lot of money that they are getting, and and then putting right back out into this. What is the community? So what is like the average cost for, uh, you know, like a, a club team? Like what's your the budget or whatever, I guess. So, yeah, if you have a, a paid coach, you're probably looking anywhere from uh, 25,000 um, to 40,000, again, depending on the level. Per team. Jesus. Per team. How but much do you get paid? <laughs> I I'm don't take a cell. I'm a board member that actually causes paperwork headaches. Okay, yeah. Oof. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I would donate it anyway <laughs> if, I, if I did. But, cool. Um, yeah, that's... You know, a lower level, you know, a coach will make about $5,000 a year. But when you think about the hours that they put in. Sure. I mean, that's like maybe a dollar and a quarter an hour. Oh, I was, a, yeah. I was a high school wrestling coach. I remember, like, get my check at the end of the year. It was like $5,000 for, yeah, I was like, I was, I was doing like 50 fucking hours a week for, yeah. <laughs> for a solid four months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. It, it doesn't pay this. much. And, you know, a lot of these coaches will do. You know, they'll, they'll coach two teams. Some will coach three. That's a pretty big commitment in terms of time. But a lot of them will do private training, and that's where they'll make, you know, maybe ten or fifteen thousand dollars a year doing private training. Cool. So if you're following Minneapolis City, um, uh, Martin Brown, yeah, is a coach for our club. Okay. Um, and he does a lot of private training. Um, you know, and that's he he has a, another job, but that's the bulk of his income, and you know, we've got other coaches like that that that's you know 90 percent of their income is through coaching cool um you guys have any other you soccer related questions i'm just i'm yeah, just trying brian, to figure out what the fuck i'm gonna need no, to pay it's good. We, we're, <laughs> yeah we're at an hour by the way so, so um yeah brian what um describe for us your your first kiss can you tell us about your first kiss wow with whomever no i want to hear this yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a bar patron that wants to hear this story also Brian, describe your first kiss. <laughs> the crowd of Fitzgerald uh, demands to someone, know. Someone, I assume, besides, like, you know, my mom, good night, and that kind yeah, of thing. No, yeah, no, no, I'm not asking you to fucking talk about kissing <laughs> your mom when you were five years old. I want to hear. No. I want to hear. The first kiss. About you and the a, first kiss, at, you know, like, before you fucked. What? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> the first I, kiss before you fucked? What, is, what <laughs> does that even <laughs> mean? What? I don't Zeller. know. What's your first kiss yeah, what was your first yeah, non-family non kiss? I, I think yeah. the bar, rando <laughs> right. bar patron is, has we have, we drawn some boundaries that are appropriate. Yeah. Uh, the probably the, the neighborhood, the, the tomboy down the, down the street, Tanya. Tanya the tomboy? Yeah. She was... Uh, a fucking serial cartoon character, but yeah, I can go on. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that was probably my first kiss. Yeah. Couch, I well, no, I, t I didn't ask who it was. I don't give a shit. Like, tell oh, me about how it? did it go? Like, what... Oh goodness! Uh, how wet, how wet was your mouth? I mean, God, come on, man! Did you have dry lips? Here? Yeah, it was like I don't know. <laughs> See, all right. <laughs> um, I think it was probably doing you know like the uh, spin the bottle kind of a thing, and like you know first or second. There was only grade two of you. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, I just I just remember it being in the dark and okay, so that I helps. Don't know where it was? Yeah, I still <laughs> use that remember. method. Yeah, that's okay. that's it. There okay, you go. all right. Well, that was the only question I well, had. I think it's it's the only thing I <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm bright red. So yeah. No, no, no. It's uh, it's good. I should fucking host the Today Show or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Luke, did you have any questions? Kill King over here. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's All transition right. so to some. Hey, I, I've got a question for you. Oh, guys. Yeah, 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 sure. Oh, so the, I was kind of hoping to lead, nip this in the bud. On the lead yeah. in or the lead out, you, yeah. you play a song. I never have known what the yeah. name of the song yeah. is. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a song by Common Market, uh, which is was uh, a hip hop group based out of Seattle, uh, which disbanded probably in about 2010 or so. Um, the song is called Nothing at All. And uh, I invite. They have about three albums out while they were together. Uh, invite anybody to go out and check out stuff by Common Market. It's a s- sort of socially conscious hip hop group. And actually, the album from which it's taken is it's it's hip hop and it's good hip hop, but it's entirely uh, agriculturally based tunes. Like that's what they're talking <laughs> about. Like it's not um, like hip hop is extremely urban. And that's like literally they're they're dropping mentions like Alice Chalmers and shit like that, which <laughs> like I grew up in Iowa, I know what that means. So like it, it is, it's an incredible album. Uh, nothing at all. Uh, look it up. If you don't like hip hop, you might be con- you might be convinced to well, give it my, a second thought. My uh, my kids are big into hip hop. So okay, there you go. Yeah. It's, so, it's something that you don't have to feel shy about letting your kids listen to. It's not about. <laughs> You know, uh, unlike this podcast, unlike this podcast, yeah, yeah, you let them listen to this podcast. Who <laughs> yeah, gives a shit? You should yeah. listen to the music the in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the music they listen to is way worse than this. Was that your only question for us? That <laughs> was it. Oh god, all right. It's better than my question for you. Do we have some audience questions that we can get to? No, I didn't mean right. you. I meant, I meant the people who <laughs> oh, wrote in to the. I don't give yeah, a shit I what mean. she wants. But <laughs> all right. Well, do you have any questions? <laughs> No? Okay. No, okay. Good. Go. Uh, moving along. Uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, just very quickly, we recapped the last week. Uh, Seattle beat Chicago oh, 4 Oh, shit. I two. forgot about the other games. Yeah. yeah um, there's only the podcast. Luckily, luckily there's only like five five okay. games. So um, you picked that one correctly, Martin. Uh, Columbus beat FC Dallas 1 0. Uh, Houston beat Vancouver 3 2. We both had that one. Yep. Of course, womp, womp. we both had the Bread Bowls beating Tire Fires uh, 4 1. Uh, 3 1. Montreal went into Orlando City. Um, DC United 5, RSL 0, we both had that one. Not by that margin. Not by that margin. No. Uh, Galaxy 3-2, we both had a draw there, unfortunately. 2-2, uh, uh, NYCFC and LAFC, I uh, had that one. Uh, no one had FC Cincinnati going and beating the hell out of Portland 3-0, although we probably oh, should have. I love it. Um, Port- Portland, worst. Portland allowed three goals, three consecutive games. First team to ever do that yeah. at the beginning of a season. That's a really, yeah, wow. great. Um, they got to play. That they're worse than us. Yeah, and they got to no, play. Because we allowed way more goals. Yeah, but we yeah. allowed. We didn't allow Fewer. three in that third one. Portland. So. Portland's, Portland's got to play nine more games on the road before they go home, though. That's the other thing too. Oh so, my god. Um, yeah, they, they have a, more construction they have a, on their stadium. Yeah, oh, they're finishing up. Brutal. They have a twelve game, twelve game uh, road uh, road streak to start the season. Uh, Atlanta United won. Philadelphia won. You had that, Martin. I had uh, Toronto FC beating New England three to two, and uh, Colorado and Sporting Kansas City a one one draw. No one had that. Um, let's get our week four picks, gentlemen. If you guys, you can yeah, chime in, jump in if you want. If you yes. don't, you don't have to. If you don't want to, uh, FC Dallas host uh, the Colorado Rapids. I have a two nothing FC Dallas win. It's exactly I agree with my, that. It's exactly my all score. Right. Uh, Brian, you got anything? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, uh, <laughs> we all had perfect, <laughs> unidentical. Well, Colorado's terrible. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, they did draw with Sporting Kansas City one one round, and uh, they they actually got they had two draws. They had that really crazy three uh, three draw in the oh, first God, game of the right. year. 
Um, Bread Bowls, uh, I have a 5 to nothing win over Orlando City SC. I had a 4-1, not quite as crazy I, I as I predict you. Red Bulls are actually going to make Orlando City become their slaves in the afterlife. That's fair. <laughs> it's going to be that brutal. I don't right. think it's going to be that bad, but uh, I actually think Orlando might actually score a couple of goals. Okay. So I, but I they're going to go 3-2 on 3-2, that. okay. Uh, Philadelphia is really crap right now. I have a 1-3 to three loss to Columbus uh, at home for Sons of Ben. 1-1 uh, one, one draw. Columbus has good enough defense, so they'll get it done. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one, I two, agree with Martin. Yeah. yeah. Right, fuck you That's guys. Right. I, I made a convincing <laughs> argument. All right. Uh, LAFC host uh, RSL. I got a 4-2 LAFC win. Is this the uh, RSL team that just lost 5 to nothing? Yep. I'm going to go with LAFC 3-1. Yep. But didn't uh, LAFC get, like, toasted by them in the playoffs last year? A um, revenge game. So, yeah, yeah maybe New year, four. new you. Yeah, yeah, revenge game. Yeah, 4-2. Four, right. four yeah, I, uh, I like that score. And then in the worst game of the weekend, New England hosts uh, FC Cincinnati. I oh have a 1-1 Dull ass draw. Oh, that sounds miserable. I've got a zero zero draw just because the scores don't go lower. Oh, Man. FC's yeah. riding high though. Gotta, they had a great, game. They had a great le- game. Do not let the the emotion of that huge yeah. home opener, first home game in MLS. They're gonna be hungry. Are they over. home again? Is that a the, home game? No, it's it's a road game. Road game. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this yeah, last game they won three nothing. They played against but, a lousy but defense. They and they had Atlanta the, too, but it's technically it's it's Gillette, so it's a road game for both teams. True. There will be the same number of fans there for rooting for both. Ten. <laughs> and then uh, we, we all lose. Kraft yeah, getting, say, getting yeah. the old Kraft macaroni and cheese upstairs. Okay. Well, we got it. F- Brian's got FC Cincinnati winning. Right. Right. Six to nothing. F- all right. Fucking drunk. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so we'll, we're calling you an Uber <laughs> to go home. <laughs> uh, we got uh, two questions. Uh, so Andy asks uh, our friend uh, LaCribs, on Sunday, how are you going to greet your seat at Hi, the Margaret. meet your seat? And are, your, are you nervous? I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to wear? That's Andy's question. Uh, assless chaps. So, it is. so I, I'm not going to the meet your seat because I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, ever I was going to say happened. Robert the Red chimed in. If you show up any other way than drunken pantsless, you're doing it wrong. So yes. <laughs> I mean, nailed so it. That's, yes. that's how you if, – if the once the ass cheeks t- touch the seat – It's yeah, yours. It's, it's like giving Dobby a sock, right? It, like, <laughs> it just changes. <laughs> Ser- but seriously, who's, who's going to inaugurate the piss, like the pisser? Who's going to be the first one to just waddle up to the trough and just – Oh, dude, when I go to the bathroom, I'm going to, like, give a little dribble into each. I'm going to, like, yeah, just, just, just I'm gonna cover, shuffle just, on down. Yeah. It's going to be my bathroom. I mean, you know? I make sure do I we know? Is it, is it open trough? Uh-huh. Is it is it in Trump, the Oh, my God. <laughs> Taco Bell. There's a Taco Bell on the way. And if you want to really, really Avenue. fuck up the, uh, fuck up the toilets. <laughs> I'm going to go to Asparagus Express, and then, then I can uh, uh-huh. give a couple of toilet melters <laughs> yeah, on the you got to go on, like, an all-asparagus and beet diet. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, so you're not going. Is rainbow colored. Are you going, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going. I I'm, I have a fantasy baseball draft, so I'm gonna make. I might swing by for like ten minutes and then pop out again. Um, uh, but uh, the, yeah, the correct answer is pantsless. So I would almost gonna throw a a a, a, a shout out here for uh, Blackheart is having a meet your other seat event during that same time, where they're doing four dollar four dollar summits. Uh, from 11 to 3. Then they're also going to have the Germany-Netherlands Euro 2020 qualifier uh, on as well, starting at 2.30. But uh, $4 summits, 11 to 3. Um, uh, full disclosure, I kind of am getting paid by Blackheart for some stuff now. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be touching my Netherlands to my seat at the stadium. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then are you going to – are you going – what are I'm you going to wear? I'm not doing a damn okay. thing, guys. That's fair. <laughs> uh, fine. Thank you, Luke, for that – Awesome contribution to the podcast. <laughs> That's Good right. content. That's what I'm here for. Uh, and then uh. Adu asks, uh, 
related to Blackheart, which MNUFC player do you think would be best at drag, and what would his stage name be? Oh, it's Grey Goose. Okay. I don't uh, you were you 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 I came out you came at that one quickly. Yeah. He's, he's thinking about this. Like, yeah. I didn't, what would his so, right, so what, right out of the block? What would Gregor's uh, stage name be? Do, does he even need a different one? I don't know. Be, just, I don't think so. Be like, he just I, goes by Jan Gregor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or a uh, Duck Duck Gray Duck. <laughs> oh man. So so okay. Uh, I I feel like I have to give another answer just because it would make it way more interesting. Um. Man. We were talking about we were talking about something like this I, last I think, year. I think Calvo is vain I enough that he would put a lot of effort Calvo, into it. I think he has some well. very feminine features, like in his face. I think so, yeah. Like, um, yeah, he, he can pull it off. Yeah, like like I wouldn't go with. So now now it's a judgment call because anybody who looks like anything can do drag. Who gives a fuck? That said, like Ibarra is kind of like more squat features, yeah. you know. Whereas uh, you know you look like uh, Grego, she's very lithe. Who do you uh, think has like the best dance moves on the team? I think that is best like dance moves. Des- best dance moves. I think that ultimately is like the. I think Quintero's the guy who dances ironically. Yes. You know he's not a good dancer, but he just like foe gets into it. Yeah. Like, he would get. He would, yes. <laughs> I I'm not taking it seriously. I promise. Um, but genuinely good dance moves. Um, mm. Metanier. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I do like where you're going with the with Cantero though, um, and I think you just you could just go with El Scientifico as you, yeah. as your uh, drag name. Be a good drag name. That's yeah. a good point. So, anybody else have any? Uh, La Scientifica. Yeah. <laughs> La, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. La, La Scientifica. Perfect. Yes. Right. Yeah. Let's do, let's do the actual. Yeah, he, he, the would correct, do, uh, he would do some real high camp shit. Too. Yeah. The real like correct. Some Carmen Miranda with like the big fruit pyramid on top of the head. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm actually I really want to see this now. <laughs> All right, Vito, Vito might uh, get oh. in on so Vito Namone. <laughs> That's Vito. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, that one's oh, never gonna one catch on. Now, just you and me in the stands. Yes. <laughs> I draw the fucking line at Billy Joel on this goddamn podcast. This is not Billy no, Joel. It's, it's, uh, it's Boz. It's Skaggs, oh, Boz Gags. That's Boz right. Yeah, close enough. Vito. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Uh, you can always find us at uh, davesiknow.com. Uh, email questions at the davesiknow at gmail.com. I swear to God, I'm going to look at that uh, website or that email address one of these days. Uh, <laughs> you can find Brian uh, on Twitter at campaign expert. Is that correct? Correct. Um, Luke at born with a tail underscore. Yes. Uh, Martin at offensive loons. Yep. Uh, and You're me back. at Texas Zeller. You can find all of our good stuff at TDIKMN, um, patreon.com backslash davesiknow. We're about to record that uh, super awesome other podcast. Uh, so, yeah, Martin, take us home. Brian, super happy to have you, man. Thank thanks. you for everything thank you do you. for our community, the soccer community and our uh, community at large. And thank you, obviously, for your generous uh, contribution, which has landed you on the podcast. Because only by the way of severe monetary remuneration can someone come on this did, podcast. Did, did we talk about the possibility of getting a cameo on the podcast? Oh, we did not talk about that. Maybe we should keep that under wraps. Keep that under wraps. But I think that 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 might motivate some future patrons. (laughs) Brian, thank you for coming. Luke, thanks for eventually deciding you wanted to talk. (laughs) Hey. We, I mean, I'm glad, we're happy you were here the I, entire I, I time. I gotta get warmed up. I yeah. gotta get warmed up. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, he literally <laughs> just was slamming, uh, <laughs> slamming hams just, like rum hams. Just, oh, for sure. And now he's like yep. eight deep, so now yep. he's good. Yep. We are the Daves, you know, plus Brian and plus Luke. This has been the Daves I know. Hell, we are to try and work.